Last week, we talked about the incredible moment that we're in right now. It's a, it's a valuing moment where you have an opportunity because of COVID-19 and the, the other things that have happened that we are really beginning to figure out if we'll seize a hold of it, what is valuable and what's important to our lives. So in this series, we're going to be talking about cherishing, about the process of valuing and what we move to the top in our lives. And we're going to be talking about cherishing in our uh, marriages, our families, our beliefs, our community. Uh, that cherishing goes beyond just getting. It is the power of fulfillment that we're all looking for. In America, we're really good about the getting part, the, the acquisition part, acquiring something. But we're not so good about keeping things for a long term, or let alone acquiring and keeping, but they actually get better as time goes on. Um, so I was really excited because everybody was really interested in this series and they're looking forward to we're gonna, where we're going to go with it. Because I think we all know that we need this power of cherishing in our lives. Uh, but you're going to have to excuse me a little bit on this because I'm going to get a little tedious we, because we have to look at what we mean. I don't want us to be like, you know, some young, young guy who walks into a jewelry store and says, hey, Mac, uh, uh, I, I want to buy a ring for my girlfriend, you know, and just I don't have any real idea what I want, but I just know I got to get her a ring and I have no valuation system on this. Or, or maybe you're one of those guys that's sitting home right now and you're on the couch and you're like, oh, he's talking about cherishing. I, I know what that is. I got it. Uh, so we're going to get a little bit more tedious than that because I think we need to bring out the richness of what we're talking about. So the definition that we're going to use is an enhancement of the dictionary definition. Move over, Merriam-Webster. Um, uh, but yeah, so we're going we're gonna to give you a different one because I think it's a lot more robust. Cherishing is the determination of the heart to discover, to acquire, to secure, to nurture, and to protect something of values. You know, I, I wanted to avoid that... Cherishing is, I love you a whole lot. You know, just by saying, I love something or I love you a whole lot, but rather that it, it's got these integral parts, these things that are kind of chained together that um, have power in them. And so um, it's the action that we learned in the story last week that Jesus told us about the man who found a treasure in the field. Coming out of Matthew 13, 44, he told us that the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy, he goes and he sells all that he has and buys that treasure. That the kingdom of God is not just the treasure, but it is the whole process. It is the, uh, to discover, to acquire, to secure, to nurture, and to protect. It's all of those things. It's not just one of those things. Um, so, uh, if you break those things apart, then let's say you jettison two or three of them, you can't call it cherishing. Maybe you can call it acquisition. Maybe you could call it discovery. But you have to have all those components to actually um, be cherishing in your life. So let me ask you a difficult question. Um, one that will, will, you don't have to give an answer to me or to the person sitting next to you. But when you look at those interlocking actions of discovering, acquiring, securing, nurturing, and protecting, and, and, and cycling through them in your life on maybe like your marriage or 
your child or uh, the things that are important to you. Um, do you would you say that you love that way? Are, are you somebody who loves in the full robustness of the concept of cherishing? Discover, acquire, secure, nurture, protect. So since um, that is what cherishing is, the next thing is to ask, what are we supposed to be cherishing? You can't cherish everything the same. I mean, there are things that are of value to us, and then there are things that aren't of value to us, and they don't necessarily have to be bad, but they're just not of, of the dis discovery, acquiring, securing, and nurturing, and protecting. Uh, they're, they're not the most valuable things to us. So um, this will cause us to look back to a story that Jesus tells right after the field story about how cherishing of the kingdom of God is supposed to operate in our lives. He's going to give us an illustration. And it starts with establishing the correct values. And God's word and wisdom gives us the values to be able to discern what are the right things in our lives and what are the things that we really shouldn't be investing a lot of time in. And even in some cases, what things should we be rejecting? So in this story, we're all going to become jewelers. We're all going to be the jeweler in the story. We're not just going to be the kid who runs in and says, hey, I want to buy my my girlfriend a ring, but we're going to be the jeweler. So Jesus continues out of Matthew, and he says, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls, who, on finding one of great value, went and sold all that he had, and he bought it. Now, I don't want to exhaust this parable too far, but I want, you, I want to pull on a little bit of the elements that, that are in there. First, the merchant is someone who's, who does commerce. It doesn't say the kingdom of heaven is like a plumber looking for fine pearls. And nothing wrong with plumbers. It, but it doesn't say that he's uh, a professor looking for fine pearls. But rather, it says that he's a merchant looking for fine pearls. And what is implying is that he is someone who is exchanging one thing of value based upon the value of something else. That this is what this person does. And we need to realize then in all of our lives, we do play the part of the merchant. I mean, we purchase a lot of stuff, but uh, uh, so we're the merchant and we are the merchant. We're, we're the person that's out there looking for the object of value and exchanging other objects of value for that. So the merchant is someone who does commerce. So that's one of the elements that's built into this. Next, we're told that the merchant is in search of fine pearls. He's not looking for any kinds of pearls. Like for us, it, we're not just looking for, well, I just want to have a girlfriend. I just want to have a, a man in my life. I just want to get married. At least, hopefully, that's not what we're looking for. I don't think it's what we're really looking for. I just want to have a family. I think uh, we're, we're not willing to just say, I want any kind of success, but rather we're, we're looking for um, a certain kind of success. Uh, a fine pearl. And, and so the merchant knows what uh, a fine pearl is. And that's really important. I mean, if you handed me a pearl right now, and I, I, or let's say you handed me a handful of pearls, I wouldn't be able to distinguish the difference between which one was a fine pearl or which one was you know, just a common pearl. But the merchant knows what a fine pearl is. He has developed an understanding of values. And that's one of the things that we're going to have to do is we're going to have this 
type of mercantile approach to life. We're going to have to be able to establish and become very keen at looking at the different kinds of things of value that are offered to us and have an understanding, maybe with one of those little eyepieces that they have, and, and look at it and to be able to figure out, oh, no, 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 that's, that's a marriage worth having. That's, that is uh, an opportunity worth following. That is the way to raise uh, a family. That's the way to be a dad or a mom. Also, the merchant knows that all pearls are not equal. He has the ability to discern between these competing values because there will be other things in our lives that are valuable, opportunities that people come up to you and say, oh, man, you're crazy if you let that opportunity pass. Well, in face value of that one opportunity, sure, you, maybe you are crazy to let it pass, but in comparison to another pearl, particularly to a fine pearl, if you're able to make that distinction, then maybe that opportunity is not as good as you thought. And then here's a really important thing that we learn about this merchant. He's ready to pay the price. So he's not just somebody who's um, acquiring knowledge. He's not just somebody that's just looking for a better idea, but he's somebody who is ready. He has it in hand um, uh, to purchase the better thing. So we need to be ready today as we start looking at values and what they mean and, and good values from bad values and what values we should. We need to be not only doing the work of educating ourselves, we need to be doing the work of a merchant, meaning that we need to be ready to buy in, that this isn't just a fact-finding trip this man's taking. This is somebody who's ready to buy in this particular moment. So... We're trying to put all that together into a life of fulfillment. So we, so we wanna do this work of the merchant. So we need to be able to find um, value in, in a value, a fine value from a common value. We need to be guided by that value and we need to be ready to trade the ordinary for something that is really special. So as we're going to move forward with the power of cherishing, we must value what God values, even if it's difficult. So you need to see what your current value system is based upon. And, I, and, and we may all have different ones. Um, it, it could be a value system based upon some sort of pleasure quotient that I value things that bring me a certain kind of pleasure. You know, and that could be different for all of us. But maybe that value system based upon that. I drive that kind of car. I, I date that kind of person. I, I want to marry that kind of person. I want to be in that kind of marriage. Um, I take that kind of job because of the pleasure quotient that returns to us. That's a value system. Maybe it's a value system based upon ease. Maybe you just decide what's valuable to you because it's easier to do. And for a lot of us, we do. I mean, that's why a lot of us guys are called 80% uh, Paul or 80% uh, Joe, because, you know, we do what's easy enough to kind of get the job done, but we don't want to do the hard work of maybe actually finishing it. For some of us, our value system is based upon success. Uh, for others, our value system is based upon self-preservation, that we value what protects us from something wrong going wrong again. Uh, maybe based upon some bad experience, or we always want to watch out for number one. See, that's a value system. Or maybe incorporated into that self-preservation is the concept of self-promotion. I always value that which takes me the next step ahead of the other guy. Or maybe our value system is really isn't even that far thought out that it's based upon culture. 
however culture wears its hair, however culture defines gender, however culture dresses, however culture marries, however culture stays married, however culture spends money, um, that becomes our definition of, of what we're going to do. Uh, you know, I, I wanted to throw something in here for the, for the Star Wars fan. I always like to give them a shout out because they're, they're a special crowd and I love being a part of them. But, you know, and it kind of relates to values. Did you know that the, the Jedi's lightsaber color reflects the personality and the, the character of the Jedi? I know, you're, you're calling me nerd right about now, but we're going to take it even deeper. The kyber crystal that powers the lightsaber makes it all happen. They're actually clear when they get put into the lightsaber, but it's the personality and it's, its interaction with the person that owns the saber, the Jedi, that it begins to establish its color. And the reason why I say all that is that the power of cherishing will take on the color of the values and the character that you choose. It really will. That's how your cherishing is going to go. That's what it's going to look like. That's going to be the color of it. It's going to reflect the, um, the, the color uh, of your values and what you cherish and what's most important to you. It's funny, in the book of Judges, not so much Star Wars, but the exact same thing is kind of played out. We are told that the people, very much like today, began to drift from God values, true values, to cultural values. And we learned that the people leaked value and, and they would buy in and then they would leak out. And I know I do exactly the same thing. So it's not like they were worse people. I, there'll be sometimes I'll, I'll buy into a God idea and I'm all behind it and I'll never do that again. Or I, I want that to happen as, in my life. And, and, but then I'll, I'll just, I'll buy in and then I'll just leak out. So God raised up um, men and women that would rally the culture back to a true value. And, 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 and not just a person, sometimes events like this COVID-19 is like one of the judges that rises up and says, aha, okay, let's see what you value now that so many things are being threatened. And then people would get it right. And, and a lot of us maybe now are kind of tighten up the screws a little bit on, on how we're doing things. It's like, I need to be better at this. I need to value this more. Uh, but then the people would drift in the book of Judges. It would start off just like this. Uh, and this may sound familiar in your own life. It would start off with Joshua saying, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You know, the declaration of the values of God. And then it would always end up with Judges 17, 6. And in those days, there was no king in Israel, but every man did that which was right in his own eyes. It wasn't always uh, just, it's not just true of them. It's true of me too. And, and, I, and I love what that verse says, that, that there was no king in Israel. And so therefore, since there was no governing, overarching value, everybody just did what was right in their own eyes. Um, there, there must be royal values, if I could say it that way. There must be royal values, values that reign over all other values. Um, otherwise, we just end up with relative values, doing what is right in our own eyes. I mean, could you imagine a culture, and maybe we're in that, where we're valuing what is important in our own eyes? I don't know about you, but that should scare you. I mean, because if, if what I'm going to cherish 
is constantly changing with my values. And if my values are changing relative to, our, to my culture or my pleasure quotient or self-preservation, then my wife shouldn't feel safe. My kids, um, you know, they, they better tiptoe around me because if my values begin to change, uh, things can begin to change. People should be nervous around me and should be nervous around you if, because when you consider what parades in front of our eyes and what goes to try to grab our eyes, and if our values are determined by those, then it could get pretty scary for all of us and the people that we're in relationship with. So we need to make finding God's value a priority, or let's call it this, our first cherishing, our first cherishing. That's why Jesus said in Matthew 6, verse 31, listen to what he said. You've probably heard it before, but I want you to hear it from the concept of cherishing. Therefore, do not be anxious saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added. See, this is not God saying, well, you're an idiot, uh, or you're just vain because you want a nice car, or you're dumb because you're concerned about buying up all that toilet paper, you know? Uh, th that's not what God's saying here. Uh, he, but he's saying, first cherish the right values of God, and then you will be able to cherish the other things in the right order. Because in the, in the verse, he says, your heavenly Father knows that you need those things meaning they are things of value, and it's okay to enjoy things. It's okay to want certain things of, of different kind of values, but you need to put the first cherish in place first because that's the one that helps you to distinguish the order of all the others, the cost. It is the fine jewel of all the values that we are in commerce with. So here's some of the ways that God communicates value to me. And you might not be a Bible pro, and I've kind of written it out in that way, because last week I asked you to kind of talk to God, pray to God, and ask him, hey, where, where's my heart right now, or where are my values, and where do you want my heart to be, or where do you want my values to be? Because we learned that they are conjoined twins, our heart and our values. Uh, so, you, so I wanted to lay this out in a way that, I've experienced in my own personal life and also so that you don't have to be a Bible pro. So here's two of the ways that I've, I discovered the values of God out of one pass, passage. And it comes to us out of Philippians chapter four, four. Paul says, whatever's true, whatever's honorable, whatever's just, whatever is pure, whatever's lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, Think about those things. So the first place I kind of go is um, that to the things that God's already written on my heart. And I believe that God has written all these things on our heart. I think we all know what these things are. It's funny that the Apostle Paul doesn't go, whatever is honorable, and then let me put in parentheses here. Uh, the definition of honorable is whatever is just, parentheses, whatever the, then the definition of just, because he believes that all humans to some degree have an understanding of what is, what honorable means, what just is, what is pure, what is lovely, what is commendable, what is excellent. You know, some things don't need to be explained to us. We just know it when we see it. 
Uh, when we, we see a, a, a husband and wife in a relationship that is something admirable, um, you, you just know it. When you see that older couple walking through the park and they're holding hands together, why is it that every young couple or young person wanting love in their life, they look at that and they'll see that, I always love those pictures, it's a, a guy with a tweed jacket and a hat and he's about 80 and then she's got a little dress on and, and uh, a beautiful hat and maybe some pearls and they're walking hand in hand and they're either um, uh, you know, looking at birds or dead stopping at a, a park bench. And why is it that we all look at that and say, I hope that's us one day? is because it's written on our hearts. We know what excellence is. We know what, to a degree, what is commendable. We know when we screw up. Nobody really has to tell us. Um, we know uh, when we're not loving the way that we should be loving. We know what, what cherishing should be like. Maybe it's part of the image of God in us, but it seems to be, according to Romans chapter one, something that's written upon our hearts. So that's one of the things I use. I'm just like, you know, you just know it when you see it. The second thing comes out of that verse in, in Philippians 4, 9. Uh, he says, whatever you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. The second thing that I use is I copy someone whose life I esteem until I get it up and running in my own personal life. Now that person can be the life of Christ in the gospels, that I esteem the life of Christ, therefore I look at him and see what cherishing looks like in him. I look at those qualities in him and then I'm like, okay, that's what's of value, that's, that's a fine jewel to Jesus, well therefore I'm gonna make it a fine jewel in my life. But it may be someone that you esteem in life. It may, again, be that older couple, that the way that they raise their kids and you see their adult children come home and you see their pictures on Facebook and how they all get along and, and how they love each other and, and how maybe she posts things about her dad or he post, posts things about his dad. And, and maybe you're like, man, I sure hope when I get older it's like that. Well, then go ask those people, what are the values that you used? Paul says, whatever you see in me, whatever, whatever you've um, observed in me, emulate those things. It's okay to copy those things until they become yours, until they get up and running in your life. Then a third way comes from another verse. This is the third way that I get an understanding of what value should be the first cherishing in my life. It comes to us from Psalm 119, starting in verse 104. Uh, King David said this, he said, through your precepts, I get understanding. What's that? That's the, the power of the mercantile. That's the ability to do commerce. That's the merchant at work. He says, therefore, I hate every false way. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. David familiarized himself with the word of God and began to bring that in as the fine pearl, as the treasure found in the field, as his first cherish. And he began to learn of it. So let me encourage you. you don't, again, don't have to become a Bible scholar. Uh, two books of the Bible I would recommend immediately if you wanted to say, okay, I want to get into cherishing the right things. I want to have the fine pearls in my marriage. I would recommend that you um, open up uh, the Gospel of John and begin to follow Jesus around. Listen to the words of Jesus. And also I recommend that you open up the book of Proverbs. There's 
like 31 in there. So it's um, enough for every day, day of the week. Just read one, one chapter a, a, a day of Proverbs, and it will just put out these, these nuggets, these statements of fine pearls for you to be able to say, wow, okay, that's what a wise man does, that's what a wise woman does, that's what a good husband does, that's what a good wife does, that's what, you know, and, and all, what, that's what a, a shrewd businessman does, and it will lay these things all out. It, it's not difficult. So let me encourage you just to, to use the word of God to be a lamp to your feet, to uh, give you the power of the merchant, to be able to evaluate, to understand and to discern between what is good and what is not so good. Then the fourth thing that I use in my life is the leadings of the Holy Spirit. Jesus, one of the most important things that he prayed for us. It's interesting. He's, he says, you know, I'm going to go to heaven. I'm going to pray you get a new car. And I'm going to pray that you get that really nice house and that, that really nice job and that pretty wife that you want. And I'm, I'm going to pray that you get everything you want. No, Jesus prayed even a better prayer that would affect all the things that we want and help us understand what those should be. He said, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, another teacher, another uh, paraclete, somebody that comes alongside and, 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 and helps you in times when you don't know for sure. Uh, he will be with you forever, even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. They just don't get it. He says, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. So God wants us to have the spirit of God in our life so that he will speak to our hearts. I know some of you are out there and it's like, well, that's kind of subjective. Well, you know, uh, be very careful about, about rejecting everything in life that's subjective because there are so many elements in our lives that are subjective. You know, when we say that we love somebody, when we, um, what we value in our lives. There are, there are so many things. What we consider about art, what we think is pretty, what we think is a good song, what is um, what's, uh, a good vacation. Some of those things are subjective. Just because something may be communicated to us subjectively doesn't mean it's wrong. But if you have all the other elements in place, if you, you have this idea of whatever is excellent, what is written on our hearts, um, if you are copying what's esteemed in another person's life and, and what you esteem in their lives, if you are also allowing the word of God to speak into your life and become a path to you, then this process works so much better. But it is something that God wants to do, that, that sometimes God, in an instant of your life, when you're in a decision moment and you, you don't have time to crack open the Bible and and uh, that he, he, the Holy Spirit will say, yeah, I know it may be good for them to have that or to move in that direction, but that's not for you at this particular moment in your life. But all of these are things that we can have operating to help us figure out what our first cherish is. Because once we get our fine pearl, then we can start walking around all the different booths at the flea market of life. And we can begin to compare and say, yeah, I, uh, no, uh, this is the fine pearl. I, we're not going to date. You know, oh, this is the fine pearl. That's not the job I'm going to take. Yeah, um, uh, I'm going to go home and spend time with my kids instead of making that more money. Um, you know, um, no, those really aren't the right words to say to my wife in an argument. You know, it's, it's so once we get this value of God in our lives, then everything begins to take off. So this is the cherishing that I want us to go into expressions with. 
As we go to this moment of prayer, this time in this last song of worship, or maybe you're going into another room to just talk between you and God uh, because you've asked yourself that question, do I love or do I cherish? I mean, did we really think we'd ever find something better than just loving? Because um, cherishing is all the elements of love in operation. And so maybe you had a moment, it's like, wow. Yeah, I told her I loved her when we married her, when I married her, but you know, but I didn't nourish, I didn't secure, I didn't protect, I didn't pour into her life, I didn't cover, I didn't trade everything else for the sake of her, you know? Um, so maybe this is a moment when God's gonna speak to you. Maybe this is a moment that you and your family get that piece of bread and some juice and you break bread and remember the, the pearl of great price, uh, the one who was broken so that you and I could be whole, the one who was poured out so that you and I could be fulfilled, the one who was raised to the, from the dead so that you and I could be empowered with the same power of cherishing in our lives. So Father, as we move into this moment and as we just have our lives open to you, help us become the merchant. Help us to know the fine pearl. Help us to be able to discern between what is common and what is best. And Lord God, give us the courage to be ready to do the transaction, to be willing to trade away the old for something new. So Father, we ask that today, in this moment with you, and over this week together, that you will speak into our lives, that you will lead us to the first cherishing your kingdom in our lives.